Welcome to the Ask the Church Collective podcast, episode number 12. In this episode, myself, Adam Dolhanik, and Chris Bellamy answer a question that is kind of opposite of what you might expect. It's been really cool to get some of the questions from all of you guys. So if you have a question, you can email us from the site, um, or you can tweet at us, or you can you know drop your question on the Facebook community group, and we might pick it up there. But there's a lot of ways to get your question answered, um, or you may even want to hop on the podcast with us. We want to get connected with you, so go ahead and use any of those avenues to, to get connected with us. We're going to jump right in here with Ask the Collective, episode number 12. Well, today on the Ask the Church Collective podcast, uh, we have a question that was sent in to us a little while ago. It's from a young worship leader who says, I'm a 22-year-old worship leader, and my lead pastor is in his 60s, and he doesn't like what I'm doing on Sunday mornings, especially uh, doing hymns, Um, and he's telling me they aren't what the young people want, but I'm a young person. Can you help me with that? So that's the basic question we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Ryan, do you have any thoughts about this? Um, yeah. I mean, that that's really, I mean, it, it kind of feels like it's like the age old battle of like the worship leader and the pastor and then the worship leader wants the, the young hip stuff and the pastor, you know, is maybe protective of the congregation or they're looking towards you know, maybe not rocking the boat too far. Um, and, and I think like for me, I think that the best advice I can give is to just continually try to harbor that, that, um, relationship with your pastor, um, to try to work on trust and, and work through what's going on. Um, that, that's what I've seen, you know, in my ministry, it's been really important for me to get in line, not in line, but get aligned with my lead pastor and figuring out, you know, what, what is his vision, but also what is my vision? And, and also there's a certain amount of like, just recognizing that they are your leader and, and being a servant and being humble and, and offering uh, your opinion without trying to fight about it, I think is a big deal, especially at the beginning of it. Yeah. It's an interesting question because it's not quite the standard one. You know, usually you have an older pastor who wants to pull back, and it feels like in this case, the older pastor thinks the younger pastor, the younger worship leader, is the one doing that, and the younger pastor or the older pastor, whether he's correct or not, you know, he has a real strong opinion that this is really what's modern and cutting edge. Um, so it's a little bit of a twist on the normal question, which I actually kind of sure did I miss? Appreciate. Yeah, we can we can edit this part out. Did I miss it, Rami? We can start over. <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll start us over, but basically it is a it, it is a twist because the the older pastors saying uh, no hymn, hymns are old and young people want you know whatever he's he's telling them. Oh, okay, yeah, I was reading this one. It says sixty year old pastor telling twenty five year old worship leader what kind of music will connect with young people. Okay. Yeah. Whoops, my yeah. bad. Yeah. So it's not a typical question. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Shoot. No, it's 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 a it's a different one. <laughs> right. Well, dang, I don't know. Although what you said is good. It was, but it's the opposite. Um, I guess relationship still is the good. Yeah, maybe maybe you can – yeah, shoot. You want me to – maybe I'll read the question and I'll let you vamp into it because now I'm I'm thrown for a loop. Okay. That's like opposite of what I was thinking on before we went into it. <laughs> so I was like, well, it's like a typical. And then you're like, well, it's actually yeah. not typical. I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, let me read it. Um, and then you, right, you, you can you, run. Why don't you read the question? I'll okay, cool. 
So in this week's episode, we have a question um, that we got a little while ago. So if, if you send it in and we're finally getting it for you, like, sorry it took us so long. So here we go. This is really cool and kind of different than what you might expect. Uh, the person's asking, says, I was at a regional conference this last week, and I was struggling to find an answer to this scenario that wasn't me bad-mouthing an older brother in the faith. It's a 60-year-old pastor telling a 25-year-old worship leader what kind of music uh, will connect with young people. And uh, so this person's asking, what happens when your your pastor is part of the worship team? So what what do you think, Adam? Well, I think, first of all, that, that you were trying not to badmouth and you were trying to honor an older brother. That's That's commendable. And that's something that all of us who are labeled as younger, quote-unquote, worship leaders uh, really should try to emulate. That if at all possible, you should show the proper uh, deference to somebody who's been a Christian longer, to somebody who's been in ministry longer, to somebody who's just older than you are. Um, that, that's a biblical concept. So I, I would commend you for that. It is different because normally the question you hear is, I have an older leader who is trying to hold me back. And in this case, the tension is you have an older leader who has a very strong opinion on what younger people will connect with, and they really want to connect with younger people. And they feel like this younger person they have leading worship isn't doing that. And that's that's kind of a, a funny thing, because it's possible on one hand that the older pastor is correct. Um, you know, I've been, not a long time, but I've been leading worship in churches for, you know, 15, 20 years now. And I've seen um, churches where there's kind of a young person with an old soul. And this worship leader could be 20 years old. But if they came up in a certain kind of church or if they came up in a, a certain uh, family um, then, then they have a very old soul approach to uh, music, an old soul approach to worship ministry, an old, an older uh, style approach to life, and and that gets tricky. Um, so it could be a scenario where the lead pastor is correct, um, but it also could be, and and this is true for I think all of us. Um, we don't always recognize where we are, and I'm coming to terms, you know, I'm 34 years old, so I'm, I'm coming to terms that I'm not 24 or 25 anymore, um, that I'm I'm pushing towards middle age, and I, I recognize um, that I don't kind of set the tone like I might have thought I did at one point as far as what's going to connect with a younger person, because I'm not 20, I'm not 16, I'm not 26 even. Um and so it could be that for this lead pastor, they may think, well, young people all connect with Hillsong or young people, you know, we, we need something young and rocking like Chris Tomlin. And, and I had a conversation with a pastor who was older and, and we were talking about that. And I said, well, Chris Tomlin's not young. I mean, physically, he's not young. He's, what, 45, something like that. Sure. And his music isn't, isn't you know, cutting edge. It's not, it's not what you would play necessarily at a, at a youth camp, you know, as your background music. And, and he made the comment, well, it's young for me. And I said, well, that's true. Uh, but so it could be on one hand that the senior, the leader is correct, that the young worship leader 
is young in age, but not necessarily in perspective. And it also could be that the leader, the older leader is incorrect and that what they actually think is young really isn't that young and they're not being honest with themselves. And I've seen both things. I think um, ultimately it's really, really important to, and this, this goes for almost, almost all the topics we get into when it comes to lead pastor, worship pastor, worship leader relationship is uh, basically you have to keep fostering that communication between each other and, and you have to build up trust between each other. And um, I almost say if the, if your senior pastor is wanting you to go for younger music um, or music that connects more with young people, you kind of have a really cool opportunity to run for some stuff that may not necessarily uh, be happening in a lot of other churches. And I think on your part, it would help if you feel like you're getting pushed in the wrong direction to really come with some good ideas for your senior pastor, sit down, you know, maybe give them a playlist on Spotify or something or, or write it up. Um, but, but give them an idea about what you're thinking would resonate with that age group and really show there's an intentionality. So rather than just waiting for your, your pastor to give you some ideas, um, so that you then kind of push back on them, come with, you know, your guns loaded with a bunch of ideas, uh, about music and about how to resonate with the congregation. And I think too, if, if I'm understanding correctly, it, maybe it sounds like you don't necessarily think that the church needs to go that young um, as far as like stylistically or musically. Um, come up with some reasons behind that and present it to your pastor. And, you know, if they like it in written form, do that. If they like conversation over coffee, figure out what's what's best for them um, and really just communicate your heart on it to them. I think if your your pastor is looking towards what would be new and he's looking for something fresh and he's looking for um, even just looking at musical style that's in trending towards like a younger, more energetic, uh, direction. I think you have a good opportunity because at least they're looking for that. There's a lot of pastors out there who, um, want to stick with what they're doing and they're hesitant to move in a direction and your pastor's almost wanting to go too far. So figure out how to corral that and like utilize that energy and capitalize on that and really help your church move to a place that you think it should be. Kind of sounds to me like it, it, I had a scenario like this a few years back where, uh, previous church I was at, there was um, people in, in what we might call the middle age bracket, you know, people from like age 40 through 60-ish, really hated hymns and, and really, really hated them. And it was about the time when hymns saw a sort of a trendy revival, um, <clears throat> you know, the Mars Hill bands and then uh, some of the other guys who were reworking modern hymns, Ascend the Hill and, and um, things like that. And so younger worship leaders started doing hymns in the church, and the the leaders, the elders of the church, had a hard time with it. Um, and, and you know, it, it was like, well, the old, older folks, you know, the grandparents, they loved it because we're doing hymns again. The younger folks liked it because we're doing the hymns in a modern way. Mm-hmm. And um, so it could be, too, that the lead pastor kind of has an idea. And like you were saying, if you come prepared, um, this is what young folks are actually listening to as opposed to maybe what he thinks they are. Cause it could be you're on this, on the same chapter, just not on the same page. And you just got to find a way to get yourself on the same page. The other thing that might be going on too is we've talked about this a lot in the last six, seven months is the influence of YouTube. And it could be that the older lead pastor is watching YouTube videos of young people connecting at things like Bethel, Hillsong, uh, the, the big concert kind of things. And the younger worship leader, the 25-year-old guy, could be watching YouTube videos of, of 
smaller, more inter- intimate gatherings, people connecting, um, and uh, and it's a more of a hymn sing. It's more of a, a, a folksy kind of uh, you know like when uh, Ren Collective did all those those new hymn versions, and uh, so it could be that they're both watching. YouTube videos that are outside of their church's context of young people connecting in, in worship and and worshiping Jesus. Mm. And they, they both want that, but they're they're not coming together to say what's our church's context. Right. And that that's a real issue. I think having your, your senior pastor on the worship team um can definitely be a challenge. I know um my senior pastor um, used to lead worship at his church, but he specifically doesn't want to be leading worship um, because it kind of takes the focus off what he's what he's doing. Um, and I know, like Stephen Furtick from Elevation, he was a worship leader when he started the church, but he specifically didn't want to be part of the worship team. He didn't want to be leading worship, you know? Um, and with, with, at my church, we have three worship teams, an adult team, a college team and a youth team. And I specifically told the college and the youth team that I didn't want to be picking songs for them because I didn't want the college and youth team to just be a recreation of the adult team. I wanted them to be something different. Um, and it was pretty interesting, the different, you know, even just from college to youth, the different song choices that they had, things that, that I, I may have thought, um, they wouldn't like, they did like, and things that I thought that they will, that they would like, they didn't like. Does that make sense? (laughs) Did I say that right? Um, (laughs) so I think allowing people, if you, if you want to influence certain people, then you need to kind of allow people from that age group, from that demographic to make decisions mm. and it will be more natural. Sure. Um, and so with, with me, I just am constantly trying things and then reviewing it, reviewing video, reviewing audio recordings, um, talking to my congregation every week, every time we try something, what did you think about that? And, and not, and purposely not going to people that, that, you know, they're going to give you the answer you want to hear, you know? Um, and I think after, after a good amount of years, maybe three or four years of doing that, you can really start telling, being able to decipher what's going to connect with your congregation and ultimately get them to participate more, you know? Um, and to me, that's, you know, I always talk about it, that participation is the, is the ultimate goal, uh, with worship. Um, so, you know, if, if you're constantly changing and you're constantly trying new things, then I think you'll end up in the right direction. But I think sometimes, people try to make these huge changes and they just decide all of a sudden that they want to be this church or that church. And it can kind of backfire and come across being, um, not being authentic. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think, too, is allowing people the freedom to be who they are. Um, and we, we've been doing this thing in our youth group where I've been really handing off a lot of, a lot of things to other leaders. And one of the things is worship, um, because now I have youth leaders who are capable of leading worship. And one of the gal youth leaders doesn't use a microphone. Our, our room is small enough that it, it kind of works. And at first, I was not stoked on it. I, I was like, no, I want a microphone. I want you to use the sound system because I, want, I don't want this to be, you know, lacking energy. I want, I want a real energy in the room. And she can bring it. I can't. I have to have the sound system, the way my voice projects and all that. And she can. She can bring it, and it works. Hmm. And, and I think that's the, the challenge for us who are, you know, let's be honest, most of us are, are leaders. We lean towards type A, and we have opinions about things that we've come to over hard-learned lessons. But a lot of times there are opinions about what worked for us. And we have to give people the freedom to operate in what works for them to achieve the same goal. Sure. What 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 is your um, title at your church? Are you are you the pastor or a worship leader? I'm an assistant pastor who wears many hats. <laughs> so it uh, depends on what I'm doing that moment. So you're not the senior pastor. No. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I know people won't agree with this, but I, I just think that that there's definitely an important relationship between a senior pastor and a worship leader or worship pastor. And if you can, if it's possible to not have that person being the same person, um, I think it will allow you to grow more. What was it like that first time you let them pick a set? Like, was it really difficult for you to give that to them? Did they do a good job with it? Like, how, how do you go from like maybe being afraid of passing that off or letting somebody make that decision? Like, how do you, how do you get yourself comfortable? How do you empower somebody to do it well? Um, well, I, I had them, I still work with them and I still ultimately, um, approve the set. Mm-hmm. And so I, first off, I, I had to sit down and teach them, and this is a whole nother topic, but teach them how to pick a set and how to do transitions and the whole thing about, you know, studying your BPMs and, and your keys and, and, and which keys go into other keys, um, and then your flow. So, so I, I I sat down with the with the the team leader and and taught him that and taught him like the the parameters, you know. Sure. And then after that, I said, okay, I want you to sit down with your with your team and come come up with a a, a song list of songs that you guys think um, you want to learn. And so they did, and then they learned those songs, and then we picked from those songs um, which ones would fit in a set list, and and kind of helped him put it together. Um, but they they did bring songs to the table that that I had never even heard of, and and bands that they had found on YouTube that I you know that I'd never seen or heard before. Sure. Um, and it was it was cool because you know. It's, it's there's there's so much stuff out there as much as you think you know everything there's so much that you don't know there's more you don't know than you do know so whenever you have you know people um, 
making decisions other than you there, you know, there's just, there's a lot of cool stuff that happens that, that you would have never came up with. Sure. Um, and so to this day, uh, like the U team will send me a set list and I'll say, Hey, let's move that to a different part point in the program, or let's sub that song with this, you know, because that those, you know, we don't want to try tone between the first and second song, you know? Right. So, um, you know, but the, the longer they go, the more they, they realize what works. And then I'll talk to them too. Like, you know, Hey, how did you think that, that, you know, Sunday went, how did you, did you, did you feel like the, the congregation was, was with you and, and, and they're now getting to the point where they're like, oh, man, they, they know what that feels like when the congregation is like full on 100 percent with them. And so that's that's their heart is to get to that place, too. You know, so right. it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it was tough at the beginning. Um, and, and how I lead um, just about any ministry that I oversee is I like to give some basic parameters and then I want the people to operate within those parameters. Um, and, and by basic, I mean I try not to give more than three parameters. Um, and and she was operating within those parameters, even though I didn't like everything she was doing. And and um, and when she would operate outside those parameters, like we have a song list, so that we make sure that you know, because as Chris said, participation is the goal. We keep our a song list, so they can't. Uh, just do whatever they want, and it has to be songs that we're doing so that kids can connect. That was the one time I really stepped in. I said, you have to do songs off the list. Other than that, though, she's just doing things differently, and I think that's really hard. I could understand if this lead pastor, this older lead pastor, you know, if, if in previous days he was the worship leader at his church, which happens a lot, you know, you come, and I took over a youth ministry three years ago, that had no worship leaders. So I led worship. Right. And as it's grown, I've started to hand it off. But it takes a while, even past the actual handoff, to really let go of something that you've uh, had oversight, something that you've poured into. And uh, I think I'm almost there with these other other folks that I'm letting lead worship in the youth ministry. But it, it hurts. There's times where I would sit there and I'd see what they were doing, and I'd think, oh, why are you doing this? Hmm. But it was within my parameters. I sure. could see kids connecting with it, and it was working. It wouldn't have worked for me to do it, but it was working because that was within her giftings. Right. And so I would just have to grit and bear it. And and I'm kind of on the other side of it now. It's It's a process. Sure. So I almost hear, like, you know, we got into some discipleship stuff there, which is fantastic for the worship leader. But I'd almost say um, for the person who asked this question, like maybe send this talk on to your pastor too. So there's a certain amount of both the lead pastor needs to feel there needs to set up this kind of parameters for their worship leaders too. And and I know um, some worship leaders may bristle at that, but at the end of the day, it is your senior pastor's church. Um, and it you definitely not going to be a healthy situation if they're the one making all the calls down to just the set list and the, all the minutia. But at the end of the day, they do need to cast some vision. And I think Adam, like you said, if they can make some parameters, kind of say, this is what I'm thinking. This is where I'm going. I'm, I'm blessed to work under the lead pastor. I work under because he knows, he knows enough about worship, um, to allow me to, to move with it and, and to, to move towards something. And he lets his team really 
go for it. But it also helps because he, he'll often show us examples and sometimes it's YouTube clips or it's like, Hey, I really dig this song. What do you guys think? It's not like a domineering thing, but it's, Hey, I really dig this. What do you guys think about that? And then we can kind of take from it. We may just completely do a song he suggests, or we might be like, well, you know, the theme of this one is, is a lot like these other songs. So here's some of these and he'll let us run with that. So again, I think it all comes down to relationship, but also you need your, you need your, uh, senior pastor to have some trust in you and to, uh, you know, allow you to kind of do what you got to do. Yeah. I, I would say to a younger worship leader, you have to earn your lead pastor's trust. You have to earn that trust. And sometimes that means for a season, you're going to have to do some things that seem counterintuitive or the opposite of the way you're supposed to go. Cause you have to earn that trust and you also have to guard that you don't lose that trust because you could earn it. And then with one, um, one comment, one, uh, one sort of disapproving statement or whatever, you could lose that trust again and you have to rework to build that trust back up. So I would say young worship leader, do what you have to do to earn the trust of your lead pastor. But then on the other side, I would say to the lead pastor, um, as somebody that knows what it's like to oversee a ministry, as somebody that is a worship leader that is handed off to someone else, but I'm still overseeing the ministry, you have to let go because it isn't your church. I mean, even though I could say, oh, it's my church, I'm the pastor, it's my youth ministry, I'm the youth pastor, this is Jesus's church. And if he's given you a vision, let's say that in this case, the Lord's given the lead pastor a vision that I want the music and the culture of our church to speak to right now. I don't want it to be 10 years out of date or 15 years out of date. I want it to be in this moment. That's the vision God's given you. And then he's also given you a young worship leader to help implement that vision. And so you give that same vision to him, but it's not your church. You have to allow him the freedom to operate in that vision as the Lord lets him. And, uh, you know, an example of this was that, uh, at my previous church, the pastor there gave me basic parameters. He said, I want it to be quality music. I want it to uh, be fresh and young. And, and that was it. And, he, and, and that was his basic parameters for me. And then I did a song that was very current. And a lot of people in an older generation balked. And he said, oh, don't do that song. It's, it's too much. And I said, these are the parameters you gave me. This song fits those parameters, but because I had earned trust with him and because I had the parameters he'd given me, the vision he'd given me as a support to doing the song, he had to admit, well, I don't like this song because I'm not young, and, and he backed off on it. But it could only have happened if I had gotten the parameters and vision from him and I had earned his trust. This is kind of a tangent, and I, I know we talked about this in a podcast before, but I think also um, we have to be careful of um, basing things off of style and not the actual content of the song. Sure. And um, I think one thing that's worked for us really well is stripping down a song to its bare bones, like acoustic, and introducing the song that way. And then... um, if when we finally go to do the actual song with the stems or whatever, 
the the people are not distracted by the style of it, you know, by the like say you do a young and free song and you do it acoustic, like um what's the song? Uh This is Living Now, you know that song? Mm-hmm. Uh you know how they have the acoustic version. Right. So, you know, you if you do that for say like an ultra call or something or something more um intimate, you do that a couple of times, the congregation gets a hold of the song as a song, not not as a style, then when you go to introduce the actual song when it's when it's got the synths and all the techno stuff, um, the congregation they don't let that distract them. Whereas sometimes if you introduce a song, you know, just full on from the beginning, people could be distracted by the style and not really even absorb the song at all. Sure. Um, and so with with all this talk about you know being contemporary or being you know traditional or whatever i think a lot of times um if we strip songs down and get to what's just actually a good song you know the the style you can do whatever style you want you can do you can make it modern you can make it sound traditional you could make it sound a lot of different ways and it wouldn't be so much of an issue um for for the pastor or for the the congregation thanks for listening to this week's episode as i mentioned at the beginning head over to the churchcollective.com get connected there we want to connect with you and connect you with others god bless you today